0: Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything.
1: Now we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice.
0: Whether you're making a big decision,
1: exploring a new path,
0: planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you. Join us for our conversations on coaching through through it. Julie,
1: today, I want to talk to you about something, but I actually have like a song stuck in my head based on this topic.
0: It's Tell me the, about your song. It's I've got power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who sings that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um
0: I do know who sings it and I wanna say it is CNC Music Factory. Am I right? Should I look it up?
1: I think I think i I think that's correct. Yes, please fact check us because okay. we don't wanna be wrong. Um I thought we could talk about powerful questions. Cause that's essentially what coaching's all about.
0: Oh, it is a band called Snap.
1: Oh, that's right. Snap. What what year was this
0: song out? Uh take a guess for me.
1: Ninety four.
0: Ninety flat ninety. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. What were you doing in nineteen ninety?
0: What was I doing in? Uh, oh, it is. I was like, wait, is that really the song lyrics? Man, spend some time. We should link to the song lyrics in the show notes because. Well. The first like four four lines, you're like, that's not this song. <laughs> Get to <laughs> that course Sure is. What was I doing in nineteen ninety? In nineteen ninety, I would have been eight, eight and a half, mm. uh, still sporting the mullet. Um yeah, that's what I got. Mhm. I
1: would I I know what I was doing cuz I'm going through my shit in my office. Uh I was in grade five, fifth grade as you say in America. Yeah. Um and I won uh certain badges, I called them badges. They're like stickers on a thing that I Instagrammed and you saw it. I chess,
0: orienteering, I soccer, I
1: stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh chess was a big thing. Um which by the way, you should definitely watch The Queen's Gamut if you've not done that yet.
0: Not watch it. We're watching the Michelle McNamara murder show right now. Mm. Pat and Oswalt's wife. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh I should,
1: I read her book. They finished. Okay, I'll check that one out. Yeah. Who could us jump into the recommendations? All right, let's get to the powerful questions.
0: All right. Let's get it, let's get it.
1: Um, what's a powerful question so we can define it for our listeners.
0: Ooh. I think, um, when I like to think of powerful questions, I, I'm not going to do the official definition. I'm going to do a, a Julie definition first. Okay. Perfect. So I think that they are, well, open-ended, right. Very obvious. Maybe not obviously, but like you definitely want to allow the person and the client to really kind of apply themselves to the question is the way that I like to think about it. So give them space to interpret and respond. So open-ended, I think that they um, allow a person to go a bit deeper. So they should be um, getting you to like the next level or the next kind of topic per se. Um, And I think that they uh, are are just said, right? There's no leading with them. You're just going to kind of ask the question without like hoping that it goes a certain place or, you know, uh, any sort of judgment or thought behind it for you. I think it's really a way to let the client learn more about their kind of thoughts and self and position.
1: That's good. I think if anything else that we're learning in this training, I think they're the, it's the clutch of what coaching is. They are, um, Kate calls it the cornerstone. I think they're the foundation of what coaching really is. They're asking, Um, what and how questions, and they're getting to um, unpack things that you are being curious about as a coach. um, Things you want to know more about from your client's perspective, and they're not surfacey things. Like you said, you you get deep fast, um, and it's to know more. Um, The official one I put in uh, because I shared an activity with a group of faculty coaches this past week uh, was they help the coach and the client seek to understand and find clarity around any issue, challenge, or topic that a client brings to the session. And that's from Katie Linder's course that we're in, higheredcoaches.com. You're welcome, Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I do think that they focus on a few different areas. And we did this activity, so we can explain a little bit more about powerful questions, but they ask about things in your past, present, or future, and things that you would want to learn, be, or do. And so we did a fun activity in our Um, own coach training session that was like popcorn around this grid and and where we just asked questions that were powerful. Um, Do you remember doing that?
0: I do. I do remember doing that. It was, it was interesting. I think it's hard because I would, I would actually offer, I don't think a powerful question necessarily has to be associated with only learn, be, and do. I think there's a subset of powerful questions, right? That are learn, be, and do focused. Um, And so I think uh, as a new coach, I found that activity really challenging because I was like trying I was overthinking is it focused on a learn be or do like frame of reference if you will
1: yeah and you're right because these are um so we'll talk about the basics the elements of powerful questions you said they're short so the first one is they are getting to the point and there's no um barnacles that we've talked about there's no extra things that are added on you just ask the thing what's good julie is a powerful question (laughs) what's good
0: what is, oh, did you want me to actually answer that? No, you don't have to answer what's, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the wine I'm drinking right now, that's what's good.
1: <laughs> that's great. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, and uh, do, you, do you agree with the second one, the how and what?
0: Um, Yeah, because the, the thing I would call out about what and how um, is that I don't think powerful questions focus on why. That's not what they're intended to do. Because I think why can often... Very unintentionally, even but imply a level of judgment that we don't want with clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, why is that also informational, there. yeah, like
1: where like you're just getting into like too much of the details, the weed, you're getting into the weeds too much,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: They're open ended. You said this, mm-hmm. that's that was a closed question, so that was a test,
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> They are in fact open ended, yes. hmm hmm
1: So don't ask those kind of questions. Like you really want people to like give you more than a mm-hmm, yes, maybe. Right. Next, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's another area? What's what else are they? Powerful um,
0: questions? yeah, I think you know that curiosity, right, is is important. And it, we talk a lot, and I think there is a tension between how am I staying curious, but also not over indexing on wanting context or information, right? And so the structure of a powerful question, which really Punts it to the client. Um, I think allows you to to maintain that balance, right? Because you're not asking for yourself; you're asking for the client. How can you help them understand more, kind of their their situation?
1: So an example might be your client is giving you a story or a situation with a peer, a boss, or something. You're like, I don't actually need to know the story, but what was your role, or how did you feel?
0: Mm-hmm. Would be
1: a better question, as an example. So mm-hmm. you really want to. I, I think you're great. Um, it's saying is your curiosity is around um, what the client's perspective lens experience was and not the actual narrative where they've woven themselves into
0: is yep. what I'm thinking of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's another, I'm going to jump down cause we have a little cheat sheet. I won't pretend we don't. And uh, this notion of goal oriented, what's your thought on that?
1: So um, the goal oriented one is supposed to be, thinking about like when a client comes to a a session we've talked about said the agenda the purpose of that session um so i guess i see this as your questions could be targeted at the agenda but i guess you could debate is what if you get off into an interesting tangent um i wouldn't ignore that if that's what you're thinking
0: no i'm just kind of curious because i I, that feels kind of new to me right then that they need to be goal oriented
1: Maybe it's around the initial topic. So like when a client says, I want to talk about this because it's this is the significance and this is what I want to get out of it, you'll start your powerful questions from that goal, that agenda.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and from there, you listen and then you ask continued powerful questions. So it might start from that goal or purpose. Yeah. And then you could return back and say, is this like, I, I remember we we talked about this in a, a training session is like, are we still talking about this initial topic or agenda? Cause it sounds like we've drifted a bit and you've had some yeah. experience with that too.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, if uh, some of my early on sessions trying to figure out when to redirect the client can be really challenging.
1: Yeah. yeah and you don't want to have like, and this is something that I think I, I can admit to is not having an agenda. And so you really want the clients come up with their own solutions. And that's why you ask powerful questions, but you should not carry any sort of bias or agenda or be directing them in any way. Um, You should be following the question from, and maybe goal oriented is also following up from what they've just said, because you would include like a phrase or something they've said in that question. So I think about if they said, well, in the future, like I would ask, well, what does that future look like mm-hmm. to you? And so um, goal-oriented, you're right. I think you, we have to caution and wave and, and like skate that line between um, goal to the agenda, but let, let the client also lead in that. So that's a good, that's a fair call.
0: Um, what is on your mind about them? You you were excited to talk about powerful questions. Where are you sitting with them? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's something that. In listening to my own um, kind of recording, so I listen. You and I both listen with our trainer um, for our observations. But listening to back them again, I, I'm re- reminded that I have to be okay with like asking the question and then sitting in silence and not saying a bunch of questions because I maybe I'm just trying. I think I'm just trying to test out some questions because I'm like I got a few of them. I'll send them seven ways. But the idea I think about um, sitting more in silence and sitting until I have the next question is what I've been thinking about these days Um, because we're so quick to say the next thing in regular conversation, that coaching questions are different than a, a regular conversation. You wouldn't come to a coach to just have a catch up with your friend who you could process some things. It just looks different. So that's what I've been thinking about more these days is that that silence that comes afterwards. Like you ask the question and just let the client talk it out, think it out, And you don't interrupt, or you don't explain the question, and so I'm I'm working on that. It's my own Mm -hmm. kind of coaching training practice. How about yourself?
0: I think powerful questions are a way of cheating, (laughs) and here's what I here's what I mean by that. (laughs) Um, I love because I think they do allow you to get context, right? I think they do allow you to like understand a client, which I love, right? Like I think that they are, you know, we've had conversations. I'm really struggling with like how do I sort of change the way I approach these conversations because my bread and butter is like relating in with other humans and, and like feeling that empathy and getting into that space. And, and I've, I'm starting to learn that powerful questions can do that for me. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you allow them to breathe, if you will, um, so that, that's, that's my headspace right now. I'm, I'm digging this a little bit.
1: I like the uh, idea of powerful questions and um, the breathing of space and remi- I'm reminding myself that like you and I are conversing now because we have a podcast, but it doesn't have to, in an actual session, there could be more awkward times. There could be some silence. There could be some emotion, like emotional reaction could be crying, anger, frustration, or a client saying, I don't know. And that's actually probably a good question you asked because then they're thinking, so I was, I was reading one of the two books. like I, 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 I'll put two links to the books, but in, in, the session that, in the section that we kind of did this work on the coaching habits one that we've talked about, but the coaching questions, I was like, A Coach's Guide to Powerful Asking Skills. I was like, sure. And I, I, I actually bought the book and it showed Julie to this before we started. And I was like, this is really good because it, it reminds me that we're not looking for solutions. We're not seeking the one true question that's going to unpack it all. And we're not just rambling on. Like we're doing some intentional sitting with the client, listening. And even if you don't have the perfect question, waiting and then asking. Like that's what I, I really am learning from things that we're kind of being trained on in our coach training and, and in practice when we have um, sessions with our clients. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I agree. I also think too, it's a really good way um, as I, as I spend more time with this skill, if you will, um, it's a good way to feel out if you're on course, right? Because a client's response to a powerful question will let you know kind of whether or not they feel it, right? If you're, if you're going down the right way, um, does their affect change? Do they not give you as much, you know, like how can you kind of see how they're responding? I think it goes to that notion of coaching presence, right? Like what are you picking up from how a client's experiencing your question. And I think that is a much smoother way to do it than having to check in and be like, how, you know, is this right? Or like, are we still on the agenda? Which are, which are things, not the first one. I wouldn't necessarily ask a client, like, is this right? You know, but I think that in on the agenda is something you would do. But I think responding to a powerful question feels a little more seamless, right? And, and so I, allowing them to do the work really is, is what I've noticed um, isn't really important
1: yeah and it's also it reminds me not to do the things i used to do like i'm not to be interpreting and so you can ask like a synthesis kind of question and interpret what people are saying but instead repeating back the actual words so if they've said things about frustrated well how long have you been frustrated or Mm -hmm. what makes you frustrated and then i also think um, because we might interpret, like, an example they share and say, it sounds like this, and instead of asking a better question. And then the other one I think of is, um, back to research, is leading questions. Like, getting. and then leading questions means I'm driving that agenda and I'm flipping someone. So I know that in one of the areas, I was coaching someone who had a similar background to you and I in student affairs, and I didn't go down the path about um, their experience in leaving that, direction and path, because um, I think there's some issues with the fields these days, and we see some job losses, and I was more interested in hearing about, like, the new path that this woman was taking into her research and other um, kind of doctoral work, and that she was really excited about, and I got asked the question in my observation, like, was I leading them to that, instead of letting them sit with the grief of leaving a profession that might be dying, but, like, might be... (laughs) no longer existent for them as just a professional interest. So it made me think more around um, just sitting with the person in whatever feeling and waiting and not saying, I have the next question. It's okay. How does that Mm -hmm. feel? Mm -hmm. That was really good. Mm -hmm, By the way, everyone take note of that. If you're listening, Julie's really good at that. (laughs) Thank you.
0: And you know, it's sad. This is off. This is off topic, but I have noticed in our coaching class. Um, you know, we've been with the same cohort for two classes at this point, and it is very funny to watch all of us. I think we all like shift into coaching mode when someone else is talking, because you can see when like we're all kind of like laughing because we're doing this, and then we start talking about coaching, and everyone like sits up straighter and like does their little like. Like you can see, everyone kind of shift into the mode now. It's very
1: funny. They're practicing their their uh,
0: their stoicness of
1: of reaction. Mm. That's really funny. I I haven't noticed that. I should go back and watch some things. Have you gone back and watched any of our sessions?
0: Um, I haven't. And I really need to, particularly because I missed one uh, two weeks ago, but um, I haven't.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about that too. It's helped me in like listening back to some of the sessions with clients. So I wonder about some of the things we talked about in the session as well. Um, So I've been thinking about that. It is helpful to record. Um, This is our caveat. So you can hear the questions you are asking. And as you listen to yourself, you're like, why did I ask that question three ways? Bah! It's not like sushi three ways. It's ask the question. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about for powerful questions these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this activity, how it landed for you with this.
1: Yeah, so I did this grid, um, explained kind of like I had this little handout and um, I'm happy to share, like I'll put it in our show notes, most, mostly the handout. Um, and I shared Katie's Coach to Coach podcast episode and had designed powerful questions. And I put it out there because I work with a faculty coaching group that does a combination of coaching and also training. And so I think a lot of people still tell And so I actually think telling is not training either. So, um, this was more of a, how can you ask better questions and the area that we focus on is, um, online instruction. And, um, and it's funny, I actually never said don't to focus it towards clients we might work with, but I said, um, the grid came out and they had to think about questions that where like learn be do connected with the past, present future. And, um, it was funny to hear people like try not to give a preamble or the barnacle or a compound question. So um, I, I facilitated it okay, and I should go back and watch that session because people are like, "Are you recording these questions?" Which is how I felt when we did this activity. I said, "Let's just practice the thing because it's not it's not an easy skill set." And I and I there was like some hesitancy. People were like skip me. No, you go. Uh, and I and I left people know. I said. I'm with coaches in training and this, we're a few months in and did this and it's a tough thing to do is just Mm -hmm. ask the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and I'm all day going to advocate for like, I think your natural curiosity will help you with folks. Because I, I think you overthink it when you're given too many parameters around this, yeah. right? When you're like, it needs to hit this quadrant and this quadrant or cover these things, you know, and I, and I get why people hesitate and kind of take a pause and tell folks like, what do you, what do you want to know, right? Like, what do you want to know about this person or how do you want to help them know themselves is a better one, right? Because that kind of steals, steers you away from that context for you as a coach, Um
1: it reminded some people to go and draw upon people's personal experiences. So yes, the example that we're coaching in this, this um, group I was kind of working with was, is we have people that have been online for eight to nine months in general, in their personal lives, their professional lives. They're not new to virtual, but what they can do is share their experiences. So how have what you learned in working on zoom would you like to have for your next semester or what kind of support would you want your learners to know you're there for? And so uh, don't assume that your clients don't have the answer. It was kind of what my, my hope in this activity was to like wrap it around. like, you don't need to tell them the thing, ask them what they already know Mm -hmm. and how they can apply
0: it. I think, you know, I do think too that we underestimate clients sometimes. And I, and maybe not underestimate clients, I think when we're outside of a coaching situation or when coaching is new to us, we sort of can underestimate the other person we're talking to. Because when I think about, you know, a learn question, so a learn question might ask you <laughs> very directly, what did you learn the last time you did X? Right. And, and I think, we feel as a human that that might imply judgment, but it doesn't, right? It's allowing them to reflect. But I, re- I recall having to go through that switch myself, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're asking someone, you know, who do you want to be? Like, oh my gosh, that feels intensely personal. And it is. And, but it's also like fair game in this situation. You know, it's also exactly what you should be asking. And so, um, yeah, I think there's that mental switch involved with it too.
1: Yeah, and something that was fun about this activity, I will say, these questions can be asked for anyone in any profession, in any domain, on any issue. Like that's the whole point. I, and what I like about a quick, short question is, you're not confusing the clients. You're getting to the point, and it goes, it, yeah, it goes deep really fast, and they have to go, oh, this is where we're going. All right, let's do it. And I think the more clarity we can ask around these questions. So the idea of it being short is what I'm thinking about more, the better the question's going to be. And it you just stop and pause and let someone else go, what do I want to be in the future? Mm-hmm. It, those are that's a real deep question, by the way. Right. Think on it, audience listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're right. Like it doesn't have to be as formulaic. I was just kind of coming up with this grid for an activity and popping around. Cause I feel like the group of people, not everyone participates. Um, so this was like a training coaching session and it was mm-hmm. kind of, a. So it wasn't group coaching. It was training them to coach in a different way or think about these questions and also to get more people to um, speak up that may not speak up in this meeting. So there's like 20 of us or maybe a little bit less in these meetings, but there's some dominant voices. And this required people to rotate around, reflect and share. And we had this experience in our class. So I I just thought I'd bring it back up because I was like,
0: you know what? Powerful questions. That's uh, pretty good. Pretty powerful here. Yeah. No, I mean, they do their job for sure. Coaching works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Anything else you want to mention about powerful
1: questions before we wrap up? Um,
0: no, I, I, I do also think if, you know, folks are inter- interested, um, you know, I, I find powerful questions related a little bit to motivational interviewing. We can... not really talk about that. Neither of us are trained in that, but I think it's a very accessible topic. Folks also might've heard of. Um, and I do think it's fun to practice them, right? Like it's very easy to practice powerful questions in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if, you know, folks who are listening are interested in coaching or trying things on, you know, um, I I do think powerful questions is something you can try without being an official coach or in a coach training program. Like just try it, see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I said this to my team. <laughs> I was like, just ask people how and what questions from now on. And that's it. And they're like, oh, that's not bad. And so I remember someone on my team held up a post-it and said, I put how, what on my desktop, Laura. So next time I have one-on-ones or meetings with this person, I'll just ask them how and what. Um, can we, Maybe we could talk about motivational interviewing. I have a book on order that might come in early December. Um, so maybe we could talk about that in an episode. I'd be curious to know more about that and talk yeah. about that.
0: Yeah, I'm not formally trained, but definitely have a little bit of experience with it. Sweet. So. Mm-hmm. Are you reading anything, listening to anything? I know we gave her musical and fun interest at the beginning, but. Right. Um, I, I'm just going to own it. So I started the book version of the home edit, the fantastic Netflix series that lots of people know about organizing. Sure. Um, I am, as we've mentioned before, have two young ones in and out of the house and with school at home, we really, uh, we need to figure out like an organizational system for school supplies, a better one, um, I'm just trying to get some inspiration. Um, I also have found that I can read a couple of light reading and then maybe one heavy reading these days. So that felt like a light read for sure. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, the corporate organization that we work for um, did a <laughs> their version of best books of 2020, and oh, yeah. so I found uh, I, I downloaded the three books, or not download. I requested them from the library, and so I just got one of those um, called. I don't know. This is a really bad book recommendation segment because I don't know what it's called. It's by S.A. Crosby. I remember the author. Okay. And then I just got, uh, eat a peach by David Chang from the library, which I'm super excited about. I don't know um, about that. He's the ugly, delicious guy. Um, that's another great cooking show, food show, I watch a lot of food shows. So, um, I just got that from the library and excited to start that.
1: It's funny that you watch a lot of food shows. I just listen to food shows. I just listened to Home Cooking uh, podcast. I recommend yeah. it. It's a solid listen. And then you make That's food and make four meals at the same time. Mm-hmm. Home Edit. I skimmed their first book and then I was like, eh. But I did. It's funny. I'm looking at, I read Mari Kondo's Joy at Work, she co authored with an organizational uh, behavior okay. person. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, it may be like, my back of my, my background, Julie can see, throw up my boxes of files and books. So I'm going through that right now. And it's it's interesting.
0: I, 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 that feels too tempting to be like, it doesn't bring me joy. So I'm not going to do this. (laughs) I'm not going to do this project boss. Sorry.
1: (laughs) No, this is more around organizing your office. And so now that I have a home office, um, that's my own, i am like, Oh, I need to get rid of some of the crap and declutter and clear the decks a bit better. So I've been thinking about that. So,
0: yeah. No, that is, I, I think that's kind of, and I know it might sound silly, but I think we're kind of finally in the space of like, Oh, this is very real. So let's make some of our spaces functional. And you
1: know, I don't, I support that. I like figure out what's going to work for you and get rid of the shit you don't need anymore. And yeah. Yeah. So. welcome.
0: That's good. I think we've coached um, through our
1: home edit. Then that's good. Right. <laughs> right. So you'll Until then
0: we'll, okay. be it. we'll be coaching through it. Bye bye. We'll be coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast.
1: We always welcome comments and questions.
0: Send us an email at coachingthroughit@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.